0: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, the the foundation class. We had the Bereans last week. Yep, I'm recording here. Pam, we are glad you are getting around good. I know Emmett needs you, and I keep I always tell my wife I need her to be fully functional. So when she gets sick, I'm like, hurry up and get better, girl. true. true <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know it's hard when you're you're sick or hurt so i'm glad you're better and i'm glad you're back with us i'm glad uh, cassie's doing good from we got a, I well, i may have this i may have her thing right here she sent us a postcard from guatemala no not guatemala guantanamo bay so this is from Cassie, she's, she's saying hello to the Life Issues family, uh, but she thanks us so much for our prayers and support. She's feeling much better from surgery. I miss you all very much, Cassidy. And uh, she hoped that the recovery walk was a great turnout, and she'll be praying for all of us. So she had a uh, emergency uh, appendectomy, appendicitis uh, appendectomy. So. Anyway, that's just cool that we can stay in touch with her. Uh, she's returning in the spring, you think?
1: Six months, she said she had left.
0: So she's halfway through her uh, deployment. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I am going to try to give you guys your money's worth here this morning. You know, you're... Uh, Job says, he makes an interesting statement, he says, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. I think it's Job 21 22 or twenty-two, twenty-one. 21 I kind of am uh, uh, dyslexic about that, I, I get it backward, but it's in Job, and so... You know, I feel like a lot of our messages are maybe not gospel centered. We don't we may not talk a lot about Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but but we're talking about God and you know uh <clears throat> there's there's a saying that you can love everybody, but you can't be in love with everybody cuz you don't know them. But as we get saved and we know God is our our Savior, we know the Lord is our Savior, Uh, as we get to know Him, hopefully at some point He becomes our Lord and we fall in love with Him. And so I really look at Jeremiah as getting to know God. And so I I hope that we can pull out, uh, obviously, devotional things out of this, but uh, a lot of it is history and a lot of it is you know doctrine and so anyway i hope that you're encouraged by jeremiah i hope you like it uh, most of you keep coming so i'm I'm hoping hoping you know, I, i'm enjoying this study so let me see if i can uh, there's one thing in here i'm not good at finding my file there's one thing i wanted to show you guys maybe here it is there we go. I think I put it under handouts. See if you can see this at all. I think that's it, maybe. Major profits. Nope, that's Jim's stuff. What kind of heresy is that? That's Jim Stovall's stuff, man. <laughs> you gotta watch that. <laughs> you
1: got right? It's got typos in it. <laughs>
0: Uh, we should all look at Jim's material better. Sometimes he puts little hidden things in there to see if we actually read them. Yeah. I forget what I was seeing. He talked about a wrapper in one of them or something. I, what was it?
1: They always stick a sentence in. He'll put a little
0: line it's in there. Eggs, what are calling. <laughs> um, programmers do it. Uh-huh. See if this. Ah, this is it. This is what I was wanting to to see. So let's see if I can uh, draw this on the board. So th- this chapter that we're in today is kind of a a long one, and so I thought I would lead in with this. Uh, actually, if 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 everybody would turn to Daniel chapter one, go to Daniel chapter one. I think that's where I want to start out with. Because G- Jeremiah talks about these five different kings. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going put, I think I want to put six of them up here Jehoiakim, then there's Jehoiachin, and then Zedekiah. Alright, because in this, in this lesson that we're going to read today, uh, it's going to mention Josiah. So really, uh, Jeremiah prophesied during all these guys. So who's got Daniel one that you want to read out loud?
1: In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it.
0: The third year of who? Uh, Jehoiakim. Okay. Okay. All right. That's right. So this this guy, so the third year of Jehoiakim. And so uh this was uh Nebuchadnezzar I, I want you to see this. So now now let's all go to Jeremiah twenty-five. That that's uh, what's on your handout. I guess I better put my my uh Facebook speaker on so sorry about that for all you that are joining us online hope you can uh, hear and see okay see so, yeah, we are in Jeremiah 25 <clears throat> and so now somebody read for us uh, the first uh, verse of Jeremiah 25 maybe Angie why don't you read that one also
1: the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon.
0: Yeah, so it almost sounds like. Uh, so th- it was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, but the fourth year of. Let me, let me read here. Uh, fourth year of Jehoiakim. Yeah, in the first year of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. So, anyway, uh, it's very similar to Daniel one one. Did everybody see that?
1: Nebuchadnezzar. That's a
0: different. Yeah, one, isn't no, it? it's the same. It's oh. the same guy. It's it's spelled a little bit different. So uh, they say it took him close to a year to get to Jerusalem. So that that's why there's a little bit of difference. I think there's a year difference. And so. Uh, <clears throat> But anyway, so he took uh Daniel captive in his first uh deportation. So I, I want us to see all this just to help us get our time frame straight. And now if you're in if you're in Jeremiah 25, look over at verse <clears throat> stand by. It's in verse 2 and 3. It says here, Jeremiah 25, 2 and 3, The which Jeremiah the prophet spake unto all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, From the thirteenth year of Josiah... So, Josiah, he was a king for thirty-one years, but it was in the thirteenth year that Jeremiah began to be a prophet. That's what I want us to see there. And let's read the verse of, the rest of verse 3. From the thirteenth year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even unto this day, which is the three-and-twentieth year, the word of the Lord hath come unto me, and I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not hearkened. And so from then till uh what verse one say the the fourth year so it's the fourth year that this guy was king so this distance here is 23 years did everybody see that Anyway, it's kind of technical, but I was—I'm was just kind of measuring all this out and comparing Daniel. And the Bible is just so solid; it's just like it was exact. So, from the 13th year of Josiah, he had reigned for 31 years, and from that time till the fourth year, it was 23 years. And so, anyway, it was just—it was just cool that it measures out and it's just so true. And so. Anyway, uh, that may bore bore you a little bit, but it, it's just interesting to me. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, here in verses four and five, uh, Pam Anderson, would you read four and five of Jeremiah twenty-five?
1: And the Lord hath sent unto you all His servants the prophets, rising early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Turn ye again now, everyone, from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your fathers forever and ever.
0: Thank you. Uh, Go ahead and read verse 6 also. It's connected.
1: And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do...
0: Now, now at, the, at the first of verse 5, it talks about to turn ye again. And What would be a word that we would use for that, turn ye again? Yeah, yeah Jim's saying repent. So uh, that's what I had you put in your blank. <clears throat> He's like... Uh, All all these prophets that are rising up early, that's their message. It says, go not after these other gods. You know, turn you again. And the Lord is just pleading. And uh, I left you uh, under your teaching point there. This is kind of a definition of repentance that uh, Pastor Randy gives. I, I hope I quote him right here. He says, repentance is a change of heart that leads to a change of action that leads to a change of life I I think that's the way Randy says it but uh, what do you think he means there when he says rising early I think four times in the book of Jeremiah he's like I've sent you prophets rising early Uh, what do you think that means when you see that are you thinking of something Pat in half early in the morning? It, it could be, uh, and I, I do think that's a good definition. Uh, yeah, I, think it's got I double meaning. mean, seeking God first. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking God first. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, before calamity strikes.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I was just really thinking on that. I left you a blank there, and I di- I didn't really get definitive on that because, but um, it's almost like a warning light on your car. It's like. There's something wrong, and you need to have it checked out. That, that's kind of what it's saying. He's like, I've seen these prophets, and you're not listening. The, the warning light's going off. And, you know, let, let's get real personal here now even. Isn't that true in our own life? If we're kind of on the, on a bad path, doesn't the Lord kind of give you... You know, hey, hey, Steve. You know, doesn't he prick your heart? He's like, you know, Steve. You know, this, this. You know, th- this is either your flesh or this is not of me. We all, we all kind of get those warning lights, or, you know, I, I've been in different situations where I, I feel convicted that maybe I didn't witness to somebody. I, I could have shared the gospel with this person. Uh, we just had our next door neighbor die. Um, and I'm convicted about that. He, I always see him out there walking his dogs. I, I think he's a Catholic man, and uh, to my knowledge, he wasn't. A, he just kind of. I was a little bit scared of him to be honest. He's intimidating. He's just, uh 75ish and he's retired. And uh, you know, he he may not have accepted the Lord before he died. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I should have at least put in some effort there and handed him a track or something you know what I mean and so that was just a little warning light to me like uh the Holy Spirit's rising early and he's he's pricking you know you need to so you just you never know and uh you know we we lost uh a friend of our or a child of our friends and uh we did pray for this young man. We did try to reach out to their family in, in days gone by, but uh, don't know if he was saved. So anyway, these, these are things. So these prophets, God's people, uh, they, they've got a message, and they're saying to turn and repent. But the people... And, and you know, uh, <clears throat> even like you know Jim said when they went to Boston, people didn't really listen very good. They... They didn't want to talk. I don't know if they didn't have time or they weren't interested or they didn't believe or maybe all of that. But uh we're still supposed to go, aren't we? We're we're still even cuz we know we're in the last days and uh people's hearts you know that that's uh it's in Matthew 24 where it says uh, uh The people's heart waxes cold because of iniquity. And I I feel like that's where people's heart are, you know, just like you would dip a candle into hot or a a wick of a candle into hot wax and you you bring it out, it, it coats that. You know that 's what the wax does, and uh it the more the more you you know the wick gets bigger and bigger and it becomes a candle but uh and people 's hearts are like that because iniquity abounds people 's heart is waxing colder and colder it says the love of many wax cold, I think is how it says it uh, and so that 's kind of where we're, so that 's really. Some people have said that's the only sign that we'll get before the rapture is just people uh the love of many is going to wax cold so there's there's not a lot of love in the world and and yet we we need to speak out we need to be like these prophets uh, you know Jeremiah is kind of like uh Noah he did, he didn't get a lot of converts he did have a few people on his team and I think uh God gave him you know the the scribe Baruch And uh, he was friends with Josiah, and so there was a few people in his life that, you know, had the same message and same heart for the Lord, but not not many. So.
1: Yeah, we're not going to have, when we stand at the throne, we're not going to be judged on how they responded to it. Right. That
0: part, you know. It's kind of on them, isn't it? It's
1: on how we declare truth and how we share the word.
0: Yeah. I mean, nobody likes to be uh, rejected, and so. <clears throat> but yet, uh, there is a certain, certain. Uh, I don't know, confidence, or we can rejoice if we are obedient and we do mm-hmm. share. And um, but uh, another guy said that really salvation is the only miracle. That you can predict with any amount of certainty, because you know faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So uh, people are not going to get saved unless they hear the gospel, and uh, so we we have to we have to speak the gospel. And lo and behold, some people do get saved, don't they? And so it, it's it's a miracle, and that that's how he does it is through his word. So anyway repent was your first blank and I gave you another blank here if if somebody would read verses 8 and 9 in the next section here Uh, Pat do you have that? yes Uh,
1: he says therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts because ye have not heard my words behold I will send I will send and
0: take all the families of the north saith the Lord and Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, my servant, and bring
1: them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and will utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment and, a, and an hissing and perpetual desolations.
0: Yeah, so I, I gave you a blank there. It, uh, it's many times in the Bible it calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. So I had you put servant in your next blank there. And uh, not that he was a servant uh, necessarily in uh, loving the Lord and serving Him, but he did act as God's servant by bringing this destruction upon His people. So God used him to chastise His people. And uh, <clears throat> it says there in verse 10... That this, uh, you know, he says, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstone and the light of the candle. And I thought I'd have you uh, hold your place here and look at that Revelation reference I gave you. Revelation 18 because what- what we're going to see here, in fact, I'll let somebody else turn and uh Jim, maybe I'll have you read that when you get there, but so so what God's doing is he's using Babylon and the king as his servant to chastise his people and take away this joy and gladness and candle and bridegroom and bride, but in what Jim's going to read here, he does the same thing to Babylon. Babylon is the one that did it to Judah, so yeah, read yeah. read that one.
1: Yeah, this is the passage talking about the destruction of Babylon, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Verse 23. Yeah. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived
0: isn't that wild it says almost the exact same thing about Babylon there is going to happen to them as they did to God's people Judah so anyway that was just a wild cross reference isn't it and so that's that's good to maybe mark in your Bible so God is chastising his people and that's what I put in your teaching point is the word chastising the Jews endure chastising and uh, you can spell it because the verse right beside it says, "Now no chastening or chastising for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exerc- which are exercised thereby And so that's just uh, I feel like that's what happened to the Jews as they got sent into uh, Babylonian captivity and uh, read verse 11 here in Jeremiah 25 uh, does somebody else have that uh, Jason do you, are you in Jeremiah 25 read verse uh, 11 for us 25 11. yeah And the whole land shall be desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. So there is the prophecy of 70 years of this uh, desolation and the time that uh, Judah would be in captivity. And it's several times, uh, I gave you three or four of those references. We, We don't necessarily need to look them up. But Daniel uh, nine two and even in uh, Jeremiah twenty we can we can flip over to twenty nine ten, it's a couple pages over to Uriah twenty nine ten. It says uh, twenty nine ten for thus saith the Lord that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. And then uh, the famous verse uh, that Pat brings out a lot, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So God promises after those 70 years to visit his people and give them uh, that peace and that expected end. So that... That's good so anyway we see it here in Jeremiah these 70 years so it was really it's kind of it, it kind of depends on what you read but it's usually uh, 587 or 588 BC uh, they were taken that's when Nebuchadnezzar uh, destroyed the temple yeah. that's kind of the that's kind of the It starts the times of Gentiles. Starts starts the times of the Gentiles of governing, and uh, it's around five seventeen that Zerubbabel. Uh, he builds the foundation, they they come back to the land. So it it is uh, exactly 70 years, as the Lord prophesies, that they're away. And and what Jim pointed out, uh, times of the Gentiles, they don't have a king anymore. I think Zerubbabel, there's two or three guys, I think Nehemiah is one of them, they're called governors. Mm -hmm. And so they're still kind of under the rule of either Babylon or Persia
1: Greece. I mean it is until nineteen forty eight they yeah. self rule. That's why nineteen forty eight is such a big deal.
0: Yeah, so all the way from this year till nineteen forty eight, so that's over about twenty five hundred years, uh Israel was not uh governed I mean it was governed by others by Gentile nations. So that's why that's really significant. So I don't know if you can see that I'm kinda of down low, but anyway, well let's move on. <clears throat> I'm trying to think what I wanna It says there in verse twelve, Jeremiah twenty five, twelve, it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon uh, and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and I will, will make it perpetual desolation. So God really turns the tables on them, the same thing they did to the Jews, God does to them and so that's kind of my teaching point there is from Galatians is you know we reap what we sow there's a sowing and reaping and they they bring destruction on God's people and God allows them to be destroyed now uh, turn with me to Daniel I want you to see this Daniel chapter 5 if you can uh, I I need to mark my place so I can turn there myself let's all turn to Daniel chapter 5 it's really this whole chapter of Daniel 5, but we're only going to read the last couple of verses. Let's see, Ezekiel, Daniel. I think it's verses 30 and 31 of uh, Pam Jackson. You want to read these? I think that's where I'm at. 30 and 31 of Daniel 5? Yes.
1: And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius, the Median, took the kingdom, being about three score and two
0: years old. All right, uh, I know some of you may be able to say this better, but uh, I don't know if this guy was Nebuchadnezzar's son, this Belshazzar. Does anybody know that? I'm he's like the governor appointed.
1: By Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. He was his, yeah, he was in charge of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar.
0: So it. Glad uh, always heard it. It says he was king of the Chaldeans, there in verse thirty. But anyway, he was either appointed by Nebuchadnezzar or his successor. And uh, so what it's saying here is that this Darius in verse 31 of Pam read Darius of the Medes took the kingdom about uh, being about three score and two years old so uh, so what happens to Babylon in one night and uh, I think Jim you taught this when you taught uh, the overview of Daniel Mm -hmm. that uh, the Persians like you know Babylon was like an impenetrable fortress but didn't they kind of re divert yeah, some water and right. and they went in through yeah, awkward, like yeah, cha- an aqueduct? They
1: uh, rerouted the Euphrates and they came in under the gates.
0: They rerouted the Euphrates River and they came, yeah, came kind of under river, the okay. wall.
1: It's all predicted in Isaiah forty-five. That okay, what's going to happen? It's really cool.
0: So it's just really wild. So so like in one night when Belshazzar or. That yeah I think it's Belshazzar mm-hmm. he, he's drinking of the golden cups that they had taken from Babylon or from Jerusalem when they defiled the temple they took all these vessels and they were drinking out of the golden cups and that's when he sees the handwriting on the wall most of us know that story but at the end of that that's what happens in one night they lost the kingdom they were destroyed and so the Persians uh, so I'm just trying to uh, teach here that they reaped what they had sown and uh, Babylon was so brutal toward God's people by starving them and killing them with the sword Uh, and then sure enough the same thing happened to them and it happened uh, as quickly as it did to the Jews so anyway just really a wild story so that that's the end of the the babylonian empire per se and the medes and the persians take over right there with darius the kings of of median of the medes so anyway all right back to chapter 25 of jeremiah now this this section is kind of a long section and in verse uh, 15 and 17, uh, Jim, would you read 15 through 17 of Jeremiah 25? Yep. For well, thus saith the Lord God of
1: Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink, and be moved, and be mad because of the sword that I will send among them. Then took I the cup at the Lord's hand, and made all the nations to drink unto whom the Lord had sent me.
0: So this this is pretty wild. So just this morning, in my reading, I I read Matthew 26. And uh, we're all familiar with when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he prayed that this cup would pass from me. And then he says, Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And I really believe that this is very similar. This cup is what is poured... uh, I gave you a blank there. I put the word wrath. Uh, And I do that partly because that's what it says in Revelation 14. It, It talks about his anger, his fury, his wrath. And so in this section of Jeremiah... Uh, th- this is kind of an international judgment, is what I was uh, reading in the commentary I was looking at. It's kind of an international judgment, and it. Um, I was going to draw a picture. We, could, we can all picture maybe pouring your coffee. Uh, But you can just picture God is pouring out His wrath, and it's affecting all these nations. So the word wrath goes in your blank, but in in verses 18 all the way through 26, there's no less than uh, 20 different nations mentioned. We won't read all through this, but just look, if you will, in 18 through 26... There's all these different uh, countries and peoples. And and so that's why I call this kind of an international uh, judgment. And all these nations, uh, I believe, are against the Jews. And so God's pouring out His wrath on them. And look at the end of verse 26. It says, Shishath she shall drink after them. And I gave you a blank on your handout under letter b it's on the back page of your handout letter b says these 20 plus nations drink of the cup and this shishash means thy fine linen and uh dr ruckman says the Mazarah, that that's the masoretic uh scribes they say that it's another name for babylon and uh it's apparently taken from the goddess Shack. so the word Babylon goes in your second blank on the back side. But uh, turn over to Jeremiah fifty-one. Did, did you see a cross reference? Yeah, I got one in my Bible. I wrote fifty-one forty-one. Yeah, read I what you're saying. Why don't you read? Because yeah, I thought well, it's good. Ruckman picked this out, but but fifty-one forty-one, the Bible actually says it. Yeah, it defines it.
1: The forty-one says. How is Shishak taken, and how is the praise of the whole earth comprised? How is Babylon become an astonishment among the nations?
0: So it Let's it calls Shishak yeah. uh, Babylon. So Babylon is Shishak. So anyway, yeah. So I, it's wonderful when the Word of God defines itself, mm-hmm. and there there it does, and. Uh,
1: Three exclamation points
0: in that verse. I was just thinking that yeah. well, That's we'll pretty rare. See a
1: lot of huh. exclamation points, even yeah. in the Bible. So, it, like huh. yeah.
0: Yeah, so it, it could be that this particular city or people's, they have a goddess named Shack, and uh, it's another name for Babylon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always talk about the she sheds or she shack or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's
0: more to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <three>. <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah. Interesting. Man, okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, in verses thirty to thirty-three, uh, I thought we might read those uh, thirty and thirty through thirty-three because God is describing His judgment. In verse thirty, it says. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words and say unto them, The Lord shall roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon his habitation. He shall give a shout as they that tread the grapes. So there's a little key phrase, treading these grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth a noise shall come even to the ends of the earth for the Lord hath a controversy with the nations he will plead with all flesh he will give them that are wicked to the sword saith the Lord "...thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind..." That's another little key phrase. "...whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. "...and the slain of the Lord shall be at that day from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. "...they shall not be lamented, nor gathered, nor buried... They shall be dung upon the ground. And so this is a prophecy of really the second coming of the Lord. The day of the whirlwind It's described as in other places. And this uh, treading of grapes. And the the word I had you put in your next blank is just the word controversy. And because we even know that... uh, I'll write it here... uh, I probably spelled that wrong, didn't I? E R Y. Okay. Okay. I don't think that's quite right no, either. That's right, isn't it? Okay. Controversy. Okay. Well, cool. Okay. Uh, the thing I was thinking as I was reading that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really, the Lord had a controversy with all of us, didn't He? Because we, we all were in Adam's image. Uh, wh- what uh, I'm trying to think of the word in Romans. It doesn't say em- enemies, but uh, enmity. Em- we were at em- to enmity. It kind of means enemy. So we, we had a, we all had a controversy with the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> honestly, the Lord's wrath was poured out on Christ for us. It, I mean, that settled our controversy because Christ died for us. So, so this is just really wonderful how God says this. He's got a controversy with these nations. They're at enmity with Him. They uh, are against His people and so there's a day that the lord settles that and i hopefully all of us there's been a day that uh this has been settled in our own lives that we we are now at peace uh that, that's why paul says oftentimes it uh it talks about the peace of god or having peace with god and so that that's really uh, I've said many times I think that's kind of the acid test if someone's a Christian or not is do they have peace in their life and uh, I've actually asked that uh, I remember asking specifically to that that guy in Russia when we were there and this uh, he's a big guy working on his van he got out and he was all dirty and he's a big guy and uh, his name was Dmitri. And I had our translator, you know, ask because he he told it I mean he kind of agreed with everything we're saying. I said, Dimitri, you don't have peace in your heart, do you And uh he just kinda of hung his head. He's like, Net. It was just it was just like wow, that was really a powerful moment there and uh we we weren't able to follow up with him and to my knowledge he didn't get saved he told us that his church tells us tells them not to talk with people like us he said he said that to our interpreter our church says we're not supposed to talk with you folks and uh anyway the Greek orthodox? Uh, uh well they're the the Ur- russian russian orthodox, yeah. russian orthodox. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a church state. I think they have the pope and the president on their coins type of thing. So anyway, then I uh I looked at this uh we we got time. Let's, let's turn to 1 Peter 4:17 there. It's where it says judgment must begin at the house of God. I like that verse. Uh, connected to the internet. Uh, yeah, I was going to look at it. Okay, well, if somebody can uh, read that for us when they get first. First, First
1: Peter 4, four seventeen. Yeah. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and it, uh, and if it first begin at us, what shall the envy of them that obey not the gospel of God? Mm
0: yeah so we we say this almost every time when we take the Lord's Supper that we're to examine ourselves and uh, you know the Lord really holds his people to a higher standard than he does the world doesn't doesn't he uh, we we can't we can't uh get away with things that other people can you know what I mean uh, I'm thinking of the time when uh you know, a friend of mine, uh, he was a teenager, and they're smoking pot in this car. And they, they get pulled over by the police, and they're all for smoking pot, but only my friend's son, he was like the only Christian in the group, and I think he's the only one that had to go to jail. He's like the only one of the four. For some reason, they kind of picked him. I feel like, you know, God was disciplining his own children at that time and uh, anyway I see things like that and I I feel like many of the people incarcerated up here are are uh, oftentimes you know God's children they're 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 Christians and he's just giving them that proverbial time out uh, so they'll get get right with him and so uh, he does those things uh, all right. This last section, thirty-four through thirty-eight. This really deals with the principle that the leaders of Judah were God. Not only pours out His cup of wrath on these nations, but specifically the leaders. And verse thirty-four says, Howl ye shepherds and cry and wallow yourselves in the ashes, ye principal of the flock, for the days of your slaughter and of your uh, dis- dispersions are accomplished, and ye shall fall like a pleasant a peasant vessel. Um I'm going to get a drink of water. Uh, hey, Emma, would you would you mind reading the rest of those uh, 35 to the end? And the shepherds shall
1: have no control over the principle of, of the flock to escape. A voice of the cry kind of the shepherds and the pounding of the principle of the flock shall be heard, for the Lord has told the pastor and the peaceable habitations are cut down because of the fierce anger of the Lord he has taken his cup as the lion for their land is desolate because of the fierceness of the oppressor and because of his fierce anger
0: yeah thank you and uh it was back in verse thirty where the Lord roared. He, he was—you could tell he—he he was angry. And here in the verse uh, thirty-eight that Emmett read, it, it says he's as a lion. And so I kind of keyed on that. That's what goes in your verse, your last blank there—the word lion—and and, and uh, uh, oftentimes I think that's what's. Uh, Really, I've heard that that just the the lion's roar is very just terrifying, and uh, so the devil kind of counterfeits that. And in First Peter, he's he is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and so he tries to imitate. And uh, and here here it says that God is as a lion, and we know that Jesus Christ. Uh, is the true lion of the tribe of Judah. And so he's likened to a lamb and a lion. I forget what song we sing, but anyway, he's one of the songs we sing has got a picture of the lamb and the lion. Mm -hmm. And so the devil is likened to a roaring lion, but Christ is the true lion was my teaching point there. And uh, on on your handout, the shepherds, the principal of, of the flock, they howl. And uh, Jehoiakim is one that uh, did not have a burial or a lamentation. So this this practically happened to the kings of Judah, as well as it's going to happen uh, at uh, the Lord's return. This Jehoiachin, he was taken captive to Babylon in Second Kings. And I read some of these passages from the Kings this week, and it's just it get it gets really into the story. So. Hopefully we're all kind of putting our Bible together a little bit. And Zedekiah, he had his son slain before his eyes, uh, before they put out his eyes. They they poked his eyes out after he watched his kids be killed. And then he was taken captive to Babylon. And uh, I think he died uh, shortly thereafter. So anyway, these principle of the shepherds, uh, God even holds holds them to a higher standard. And anyway, uh, th- so the nobles and the rulers they will not escape, but they will be taken to Babylon. And uh, anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully this is all uh, interesting. I think I.
1: It's so cool how all these passages have double prophecy. You know, there's a short-term prophecy, like you're saying. These things really did happen. You know, I'm saying when the Medes came down and they did these things. But then there's the yeah future prophecy. Yeah, they're so like our Jewish friends read this like in the, the we're Jews today. Oh yeah, that's what happened. They don't see that that what we see that it's going to
0: happen. The prophetical part, yeah. Uh, it's... Cool. yeah so when they read the return of the Jews to the land they think of probably Zerubbabel and yeah. Ezra and Nehemiah yeah. where they're they do return to the land but there's a, a you know he they don't have the New Testament where blindness in part has happened to Israel to the fullness of the Gentiles become in and so that's that's a good point any, any other thoughts uh I thought I was missing somebody, but uh, this Shalom is the same as Jeho- Jehoaz, I believe. And uh, you know, we said this guy reigned 31 years. Uh, this person was only three months. And uh, this one was 11 years. And uh, this one was only three months. And then this one was eleven years with Zedekiah. So anyway, uh, overall, um, you know, Jeremiah, you know, he was in it for the long haul. He he prophesied some forty years, and um, so he he was through all these kings and different things. So anyway. Uh, I'm learning a lot through this, and I hope uh, you are too. And
1: yeah, and those guys were all puppet kings installed by Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, Christ, and that they would give him tribute and and be good, and they
0: weren't. Yeah, they rebelled against him, so they didn't they? Keep they? coming back. Yeah. 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 He he installed some of these, and
1: yeah, I think it was the last three.
0: Jehoiakim. The last three.
1: Yeah, Jehoiakim, because uh, Josiah, Jehoahaz and Jehoiakim are sons of Josiah. And then the, the bottom two are sons of Jehoiakim.
0: Ooh. Yeah, one of them's a the grandson of
1: grandsons but, but yeah, they sort yeah, Jehoiakim was it's all but Nebuchadnezzar and then the bottom ones. So. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. Well cool. Well let's maybe wrap up a little bit early. Uh, unless there's something else. Jason, I'm glad you came today, brother. You feeling good? Good. And uh Emmett's gonna be harvesting this week. Hopefully. 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 He said the corn's still a little got a lot of moisture, so they don't wanna to have to dry it too much before they can sell it. Does your does your elevator have blow dryers or we just blow You, you don't heat it, you just have the, the blowers. But uh, anyway, they got a big elevator over at Lewisburg, is it? That's where you take all your crops and you dry it a little. And do you sell it there too, or where do you sell it? Adrian. Oh, so you get take bring it back over to Adrian. Okay, they got an elevator there. Schooler. Is it? What's Schooler? Is that the name of it?
1: Better Island, right? Okay.
0: That's- well, we sailed. Okay. Do they have a mill there? Do they, they take it on somewhere else? Oh, they put it on the train. Okay. That's interesting.
1: I'm curious what the Russians thought you guys
0: were. What did their church tell them? Why they should Yeah. <gasps> I don't know because we were Americans. You know, there's a um we We were there over nine eleven so um, and we we thought we might have a better impact even at so everybody kind of remember where they were at on nine eleven but we were at, on a dirt road handing out tracks talking to him when it happened i mean huh, you might have been talking to that guy when nine eleven happened uh Underboard yeah, it was right yeah, it was right around there, yeah, we were out talking to people and uh so so I was with a group of nearly a hundred Americans and uh it's not Mark Roach, it's Mark Rose, I believe, is the missionary that we visited in Russia. And it, it was in Minsk, Belarus. We were right outside Minsk, Belarus. Minsk is a big city of about two or three million and so most of the people in the village we visited would get on train like a mass transit. So they said only like one in four people had a TV where we lit where we went, and probably fewer than that had a car. So most people walked or had a bike, and um, so we we tried to witness around the train as people were getting on and it's about a 20 mile commute from this village to uh, where our missionary was to Minsk Belarus so Minsk Belarus is Belarus is called white russia and so it borders poland and so we weren't maybe as far as moscow or is it st petersburgs a big city of theirs but uh, we had something major happen every day it was so wild cuz there was one like the third day in one of our ladies died she died in her sleep wasn't it right after 9 11 i think she died the next day because they said she was from new york okay and they thought that might have brought on like a heart attack or something okay that's what i remember so uh so the missionary had to figure out how to get her body to saint petersburg and so uh they actually they actually passed the hat. You know can anybody help? It was going to be like fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars to get her body moved and and uh then nine eleven happened, and of course, nobody's got a cell phone. I mean we can't really call so they had like one landline and they kind of had a schedule you could have 15 minute blocks to call your loved one and so it was like you know difficult to call home but uh, luckily it, it, it happened eight so we were gone 13 days and it happened like on day five and so there was eight more days and so our airplane was not detained you know, we were we stayed on schedule. You know, a lot of air traffic was shut down. Yeah, we were glad they were. So our our plane went on schedule, and uh, so then that lady, I guess, died the next day. Then the day after that, there was some guy that on our group that freaked out, and he's like, "I have to get home." And so some way he caught a plane to somewhere, and then that plane went to Canada. And then, because, you know, U.S. airspace was shut. So he ended up get, getting home later than we even did. Uh-huh. Wow. But he, he was, like, arguing with everybody. And so there was just something major happened every day that we were there. Uh, but anyway... I don't know if this Dimitri why they would tell him not to talk to us maybe because I really don't know just uh, you know we we might tell people you know that the Jehovah Witness don't have sound doctrine so maybe they were the church was trying to protect their people from you know don't, don't listen to these Bible believers they're off the mark or something maybe I don't know
1: yeah, i would be a branch of the Catholics, you know, from the Yeah. And
0: you
1: know, they're not supposed to read their Bibles, you know, the priest will tell you what you need to know. Yeah. Read the Bible, don't talk to these guys.
0: Yeah. You'll be confused. Yeah. I tell you, the Russian ladies so they were building this nice big church there so we stayed in it before it was finished so it didn't have glass in the window so I mean we could it was nice weather so you know it wasn't too cold or wasn't too hot so we all just it was cold at night and kind of hot in the day and uh but every morning we would walk down and uh some of the Russian ladies that had gotten saved they were making fresh bread they had the best rolls and uh Anyway, so uh, those are some memorable things to a saved lady out in the middle of that field yeah, yeah, one lady a sheep or something was shepherding sheep uh, since it 's kind of a communist country they they don 't have fences, and so they just kind of have free range. You might see a horse tied up somewhere, and so this lady was shepherding some sheep, and uh, we we went out and witnessed to her, and she was just very pleasant and we we tried to offer her a, a New Testament. She goes, knit, knit. And she reached in her little shepherd bag, and she's got a Bible in there. And so she's a saved lady out there in the middle of this field. And I just thought, wow, this this is the uttermost. We're <laughs> on a dirt road. And uh, me and Mike Kristanzik and uh, our translator. Anyway. So, all right, well, let's uh, pray, and we'll be... Uh, done today uh, heavenly father we do thank you for all you're doing in our lives and thank you for uh, this class the foundation i pray you will establish the foundation of jesus christ in all of our lives i know uh, each of these folks have a heart to to minister and to witness and to see people saved and uh, converted to your kingdom and, and lord we uh, are just mindful as we read about you pouring out your wrath that there are still lost people and we we know some of them lord and so i pray you'll uh, grant us the grace that we need to speak to people and uh, share with them what you've done in our lives just uh, thank you for each person here and uh, thank you for this church father who uh, we do uh, believe and teach and preach the word of god is is your action is your actual words and uh, we thank you for it and preserving it down to this day so we can have it and read it and uh, just pray you open our eyes of understanding that we might behold wondrous things out of your law in Jesus name amen alright goodbye Facebook book people see you soon thank you